Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hello. A thrilled and happy and uplifting welcome to Cop On Podcast after Liverpool 2, Everton 0. And we can only start with this fabulous poem that Alan shared with me earlier on this the most romantic of days or the most unromantic of days depending on your opinion roses are red violets are blue everton nil liverpool two beautiful and alan's with me now alan there was a moment the moment i think in that game and i'm sure lots of people will agree tarkovsky hitting the post in the 35th minute we break and in 13 seconds, we get the ball in Jordan Pickford's goal. Not that he realised it was his goal, but it was his goal to defend. And he was out walking the dog or whatever he was doing. There is a possibility, if you're an optimistic person, that that could be an absolutely defining moment of this season. Because had we gone 1-0 down to a Tarkovsky header, heads could have dropped the crowd could have turned, but no, just 13 seconds later, it was joy at Mo Salah scoring that first goal. Do you think it could be a huge moment for the season or is that just going to be too optimistic considering what we've witnessed already this calendar year? Good evening, Owen. Uh, isn't it wonderful to wake up after a victory after all this time? Um, fantastic. Um, yeah, hopefully hopefully it's a turning point. I think it is a turning point. But as you said, we've had a few uh, occasions this season where we, we wanted to see a turning point. But from the first minute last night, I was lucky enough to be looking ahead with my son and, and we just said to each other, where has this team been for the last few months? That performance last night from, from moment zero on like was what we were so used to. Um, and yes, of course, just before they hit the post, you were thinking, if, if we don't go one up now, uh, after all this, but I don't know why. It just when it hit the post that time and it didn't go in, obviously because of the first 20 minutes or whatever we'd had, I, I just knew that was where we were going to score. I just knew. I just had that feeling again and it was a beautiful feeling. Oh, beautiful. Like it's so long since we had that in the game. Um, wow, just it's amazing to change the world. <laughs> It really did, though. It changed the world, the feeling. Exactly, exactly. I mean, how did you celebrate? Were you sort of quietly, did you just feel it coursing through your body, the joy? Or were you up and, you know, leaping around your room? What, what were you doing? Um, but funnily enough, only a few weeks ago, my younger daughter, Sarah, um, was laughing at myself and Adam. She says, we do the same thing. Obviously, obviously he's got off me over the years, where I seem to, I seem to do a fist pump twice and then jump up <laughs> and, Great. and i just noticed yesterday because she's she told me about it before <laughs> that i was standing up the same time he wasn't too was going like that <laughs> so, so it was just it was been a while felt that feeling it was lovely absolutely super what about yeah. you oh me oh yeah i mean i was watching i was watching at home um and I don't know. I've got new neighbours uh, and I, I tend to watch football with with my headphones on. But, you know, in, in my own little I've got my own little sort of office space in my new place. And um, uh, but Steph, Stephanie, she was like, oh, come on, you know, come and watch it in, in the living room and, you know, we can hang out and watch it. So I was watching it. She was, you know. I don't know, she could concentrate on the game. She's not, not that into footy, uh, but I had the volume up and I was a little bit sort of 
you know, conscious about, is it too loud for the neighbours? Because it was quite late here. But as soon as that goal came in, I was up and I was like, yes. And I, and I just completely forgot about me trying to be, um, trying to be calm. Uh, because, uh, yeah, Mo Salah, it was, it was, it was vintage Mo Salah. Um, and, you know, I, I believe it was a hundredth goal involvement at Anfield, which is an unusual stat, but uh, nonetheless a good one. We like it. Um, and what, uh, you know, what a player. For me, he was the man of the match. I know lots of people are saying by Chetich, but for me, that was vintage Mo. He scored one. He could have maybe got another one. He 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 created, uh, you know, havoc. He was fouled more times than he was given fouls for. Um, you know, he he was he was so often fouled. He gave Mikalenko a hell of a time, and he looked he looked pretty unstoppable. Um, so I think Mo Salah, you know, that 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 moment. I can't remember if it was in the first half or the second half. I think it was the second half when he was holding off Mikalenko. And it, like you've seen it a million times before, big, strong Premier League defender trying to get round the outside of Mo to just even get a, a toe on the ball. And you think maybe at respect second, you think maybe he's going to get there. But no, Mo's like he's the toughest nugget in the in the box, in the in the McDonald's, isn't he? He's he's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a vintage Mo Salah performance. What about you? Was he your man of the match as well, or would you go for by Chetic or someone else? I, I would actually put yeah, Mo was brilliant again. I would put Mo as our as third best. I would put mm -hmm. by set Chetic as second best, and mm -hmm. I would put Prickford, sorry Pickford, as our first best. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, very good. <laughs> yes, but that... definitely Mo was back to his best, and I think. I think I've been saying this for a while too. Um, Mo's scoring and every this season hasn't been up to standard. But look what happened when we controlled the midfield. He was back to his best. Like, you know, um, plus Darwin, the other side, taking the tension as well. Wow, it was beautiful. Beautiful. It was beautiful. And I want to I want to talk about Darwin Nunes because I think he he had a an unbelievable game without scoring. Um, you know, even though he, he he was substituted in the 69th minute, it was it was absolutely insane. I'm just gonna share my screen and you can see some of the stats so it's nicer, easier to easier for you to follow. But um, you know, for the moment I'll just tell you that Mo Salah had the most shots in our team. He had six shots. Um of those six shots. Uh, he scored a goal. Three of them were on target. He also had 88.2% passing accuracy, which is his best uh, for a long time. Um, so his passing accuracy was very good. Uh, just sharing the screen now. Um, you can see uh, maybe, I don't know if you could, is that, it's probably too small. Is that too small for you? I can zoom in. Hang on, I can't hear you on mute. Yeah, sorry, on. I'm just on my phone, so it's very hard to see. Uh, is that a bit better or still too small? Yeah, it's better actually, yeah. That's better. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you've got all these stats here. You've got the, you know, the shots. Uh, but Darwin Nunez in 69 minutes, he had he had five shots, um, only one on target uh, and two key passes, one one assist, of course. 77.8% passing accuracy. But there, there, there are other stats that have just come from the first half. Um, that he won all of his aerial duels in the first half, 100%. He had, he had 21 touches of the ball, but he had he won five duels. And that's something that, I mean, other Darman Nunez stats from that first half, four touches in the opposition box, three shots, three times possession one. He won possession three times, 
two chances created, two take-ons completed and one assist. He was all action everywhere. That was an amazing 45 minutes from Darwin. Um, but um, what was I going to say? Uh, his, yeah, no, hang on. Where am I? <laughs> got entirely. Oh, yes. Uh, in terms of in terms of in terms of pressing, depressing stats. The pressing was back from everywhere, from the front and from the middle and from the back. And like you say, the midfield was there before the game. I was bricking it. I don't mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally admit that having you know lost badly three of our previous four games, I was thinking, nah, man, we you know Henderson, Fabinho coming into that team. I was not confident at all, and I was completely wrong. Hold my hands up, both of them, and apologize for ever having doubted Hendo, who was magnificent. But the pressing thing afterwards, Klopp called Hendo a pressing machine. Um, what what do you what do you think of it, Alan? The, the 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 pressing, the idea that it was back. Can we sustain it as we move forward? Um, yeah, hopefully we we have to because, like I said, that's the team we recognised for the last few years. That we've seen last night. You know, we haven't seen that all season. I believe someone said Klopp gave the players two days off during the week or something. Oh, maybe he should give them another two days off this week. Hopefully, but it was great to see it back. I don't know. I'm afraid to say it's a turning point. Oh, I'm afraid because of the season the way it's gone. But I just felt it was different last night. It just seemed to be a re-energizing in the squad, or you know, just being of a good team talk or whatever. And that's the we've tried to do that in a few games this season. In the first few minutes, to press. Who was it against? Was it Brighton in the first ten minutes, five minutes? We pressed them, and then we just couldn't. Whereas, whereas last night, we were able to keep it up for virtually the whole game. And as you said earlier on there as well about player the match, like. Yeah, Mo was a close second, but Isaacic, my God, that chap, fantastic. What a game. What a game in the against the Toffees, like in the Derby, like 18 years of age. Wasn't phased. Nobody tackled him hard because they couldn't get near him. Uh, he won so many tackles, he passed the ball. And he was playing in the number eight, which I didn't expect. He was fantastic. So hopefully that's, um, hopefully that's the kickstart we need get going and confidence confidence is a big thing in any sport life whatever and that was a big boost of confidence did you see his his interviews after the game with by Chetich? yes yes him and um him and mo wasn't it yeah i think one of the lads shared on the there were two there was one for um there was one for uh, uh lfc tv as well with by Chetich alone um and he was uh he was you know he just seems really happy you know, it was interesting after after the match they had um, Ray Houghton and Phil Thompson in the studio, and it was really interesting post match analysis on on LFC TV, which was great. Um, and both Ray Houghton and, and Phil Thompson, when they cut back to the studio after the after the the interview with Bajetic, they were both smiling broadly, going, "Yeah, you know." Yeah. Like he's just he's like a lovable character, isn't he? Like he seems yeah. really happy to be there. You know, he said he couldn't believe it. The fact that he was playing under 18s football just one year ago. And now yeah. he's I've never seen a uh, an 18 year old um midfielder number six type, or he played in an eight yesterday, six eight, um, with so much composure in a red shirt. I've never seen a young player with that level of because it's a mix it's not just composure you could say damian plessis had composure but it's a mixture of composure and tenacity 
that I thought is 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 very special with Bay Chetich. Absolutely, yeah. And one of the biggest you're going to be a father soon, please God. And one of the biggest compliments in life you can get is when your teenage son or your sorry, twenty year old son now turns on and tells you, Yeah, you were right that because the first time I see Bay Chetich play pre-season and stuff I told my son this guy is going to be special there's something about him his calmness I think what I said to him was he reminds me of Grieving Keller who doesn't get praised and last night uh, Adam turned around and said to me yeah dad you're right and to me that says everything you need to know about Bike Chetich because for your son to turn around and admit his dad was right is a big thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got that to look forward to yeah, good. yeah you have it all to look forward to and enjoy every <laughs> second of it because it goes fast Excellent. Uh, no, I, I will try. Thank you very yeah, much. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, by Chetich. I mean, wow. He, he 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 got taken off at the end. It was a great. It was a great moment. You know, well. And the hug, like you said, yeah, it was the happiness. Hug. The hug. Exactly. It was, it was like a father hugging his son. Like it was just, and the smile on his face when uh, was gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely beautiful stuff. Um, you know, Alan the cat is in the chat. Hi, Alan. Great to have you with us. He said Stefan and Gomez head to head for man of the match. I love that call. Yeah, we'll talk about Joe Gomez again, proving me wrong as a an embarrassed doubter. Uh, and Alan, you're holding your hands up and as me, well as and me, yeah. Okay, uh, because uh, but no, one swallow doesn't make a summer. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're still doubting. Still on the doubting fence there. Okay, yeah uh okay uh but uh no by chetich he had one shot it was on target uh two key passes one dribble um he was fouled only once um his defensive stats i'll bring up now uh they were that he got he won two tackles two interceptions one clearance who scored gave him a 7.36 rating they had uh mo salah 8.13 um, and Joe Gomez at 7.34, just, just behind by Chetich. Uh, 7.34 for Joe Gomez with his two tackles, one interception, three clearances. But he was brilliant. He was excellent. I mean, one swallow doesn't make a summer, but it's a pretty beautiful swallow that he, he pulled off yesterday, Alan. Joe Gomez, I mean, he looked, he, he had everything you need. He had, he had pace, he had um you know vision he was good with the ball he had strength you know against that big guy ellis sims uh from everton and okay it's everton uh i don't think they've scored a a, a goal in open play um since before the world cup i believe so and so um you know they, they, they're never going to create much but you still got to defend things and he did really well he stood up to the physical challenge he blocked things he was he was terrific yeah and credit where credit is due, due because like we we're all entitled to criticize players when they're playing bad but you also have to give them credit when they play well and he was brilliant last night and he didn't have um one of those moments like you do say about him own that he plays great for 85 minutes and then disappears or last night he was good all game and again is it part the whole team started off great you know so I'm sure that helped as well that he wasn't under pressure and stuff. But yeah, he had a fantastic game last night. Like there was, I don't think there was no player last night that didn't have a great game. You know, it was a fantastic performance from start to finish. Like I don't, I don't remember. Do you remember Allison making a save? Oh, it's a good question. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. I don't remember offhand uh, making a save. No, is it absolutely right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up see if I can find. The, yeah, like how how many games this season the shot has, has he kept us in games? Like and last night was like God, I forgot about Ali nearly. 
Well, uh, Everton had a, an XG last night. If I can just uh, share the understat um, map there. Uh, Everton, the XG was 0 0.40, according to understat. They had uh, one, two, three, four shots in the box, but the XG um, for each shot was uh, extremely uh, optimistic. Um, there was a 0 0.04 XG for for uh, Ellis Sims on in the fourth minute that was blocked. I don't remember that one, um, but apparently that happened. And uh, an XG of 0 0.04 means that if you have if you take a thousand shots from that place, then four will go in. So you may as well not bother taking the shot. Uh, so, and, there's, and there was another from a corner, um, assisted by Ellis Sims, Dwight McNeil. Yes, Dwight McNeil. They counted that as a shot. It wasn't a shot. It was a, a cross. Um, do you remember the, uh, as Tarkovsky's effort came off the post, it came yes. back to Dwight McNeil, and they counted that and understood that as a shot. Very generous. Very generous. With a 0.05 xG because of all the defenders in front of him. So again, you take that shot a thousand times, you'd only score five. Um, and of course, we got it away. We played a one-two. We zoomed up the other end, and uh, Mo Salah put it into the goal, the empty net, because Pickers had gone wonders, and. It was it, it was it was fun. It was fun. It was the old Liverpool, and we've still got it in us. Um, as you said before, you mentioned the two days off we had earlier in the week. I think they should have a two day two days off every week. Uh, you know, because the energy in in Henderson and Fabinho was 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 surprising for me and in other players as well it was super good super good i was so impressed so well done really lifted the mood um yeah liverpool 2 everton nil you know the other way um uh, you know cody gakpo the second goal i want to talk about cody um first of all about his general performance i thought he was good um you know i've i've been critical of him playing in the middle because it was never his position at PSV, and he um, was brilliant yesterday. He was everywhere. He was winning headers. He, you know, I'll bring his, his actual stats up here. Uh, what was he doing? Cody Gakpo, he had two tackles. His pressing was a lot better. I wanted to talk about the pressing game. Cody Gakpo was really, really good. Um, and he also, he had two shots, one of which was on target. He had two key passes in his 79 minutes on the field um and he was also fouled four times and they didn't know what to do with him but after the goal as well oh, the weight was lifted wasn't it alan did you see his celebration did you see his face yes and i was so happy for him i was so as i said we were playing so well last night i, I was just saying i hope he gets a chance i hope he scores because it'll just lift all of that pressure and doesn't matter who you are when you come to a place there's pressure on you we're not scoring and stuff and again, it was just our team was playing well, our midfield was playing well, so he could shine. Um, like yourself, I wasn't sure about him in the middle either, but yeah, last night he did a lot of good link up play. I think, you know, he, he won the ball, held it, passed it. So I was quite impressed with him last night and absolutely delighted he got the goal. Um, that's what we need. We need, you know, we need players to, to get a bit of form going, a bit of run, a bit of fun. And like you said earlier on, the smile on the face. That's just what you want to see on a pitch. You want to see the players happy, uh, working hard. And yeah, the press, he was pressing fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I think, was it just me about Gakpo that he seemed to have an extra determination in his pressing yesterday? I mean, it was true. It was true of a lot of them. Oh, Nigel's here. Nigel's going to join us as well. Absolutely superb. I'll just allow, allow Nigel into the into the chat here. But yeah, I've, I've, I've noticed with Cody Gakpo that he... Gakpo seems a little bit, you know, he seemed a little bit um, not exactly reticent, but not full throttle in his pressing before. I don't know if you think that's fair, Alan, if 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 you think that Gakpo, you saw it as well. There was an extra an extra fire in his belly. There was an extra, you know, motivation in Cody Gakpo's pressing last night. Yeah, there was. It was like to go back and repeat myself I'm sorry but it was like you know, the whole team was playing better and he didn't feel the pressure or, but yeah he seemed like he was eager to impress last night and probably maybe as well when you have Jota back on the bench and Bobby maybe he's an extra inspiration to I better get moving here like these boys are coming back and uh, like I did hear someone say before that he pressed well when he was at, uh, in Holland like but it's different pressing there than it is in pressing in the Premiership like but yeah he looked really extraly Extra, I would say, extra motivated last night, confident, and got the monkey off his back. So let's go. He did, and you're right. Yeah, it's a really good point about Bobby and Bobby and Jota coming back. Nigel, speaking of coming back, Nigel's back. Hello, Nigel. Hello, lads. Uh, How are you? Great Hello. to have you with us. Yeah, really well. Thanks for joining in. Um, we're just on, we're just on the subject of Cody Gakpo. What do you reckon? About, you know, talk about whatever you want with regards to Cody Gakpo. Yeah, he was. He looked better last night, but then after he scored a goal, it was like a completely different player. He was he was running at people. He had pace. He was picking the ball up deeper and running at people, and they just couldn't handle him. I thought he was brilliant last night. I thought after he'd scored, it was like, oh wow, look at this. He's really, really just the pressure. And he scored his goal excellent. Now he was good before that, and he probably should have scored that header in the first half he was kind of maybe reaching for a little bit but that happens when you're not scoring and when he hadn't scored but once the goal went in Everton were dead and buried yeah it did look that way didn't it yeah in terms of Everton they the it's not like they gave up but they just didn't have a clue and we've had that this season as well where it's just patently obvious on on 55 minutes that the the players are all lost and they're all looking at each other going hang on what's this what's this round thing that i've got next to my feet you know they didn't know what they were doing sean um, pardon sean dyche's head the round thing yes <laughs> sean dyche's head yes get it on a stick <laughs> anyway um great great another round thing I mean, who else? I mean, they're the only people, we were talking about that in our WhatsApp group today, the only people to have been duped by Dwight McNeil are, you know, Frank Lampard and and Sean Dice because no one, I mean, no one rates Dwight McNeil, surely. I mean, he was, he was, he was pretty awful uh, and it allowed Trent to be excellent. And that, that ball, it, it took a deflection um um on its way through to, to Cody Gakpo. But if you're gonna, you know, if anyone's gonna pick out Cody Gakpo from uh, 40 yards and give him a tap in for his first Liverpool goal, that's gonna be Trent, isn't it? I mean, Trent looked well up for it last night, much better in terms of body language, I thought. Um, and he was really happy, you know, posting selfies with some some actor at the end on Twitter. Uh, Mark Forrest is in the chat. He said he asks. 
uh, me, do you want to redo who you would want to leave now? Yes, because in the last le- uh, episode of Cop On, we talked about who we would we want to leave. And I had a list of 10 people who I would want to leave. And on that list was Hendo and Fabinho. And no, sorry, I wasn't getting rid of Fabinho. No, Abdul was and um, and uh, Josh was as well. Uh, but I, 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 uh, I was going to get rid of Hendo and I would still, I mean, he was brilliant yesterday and I love seeing it and I don't want to get rid of any of our players. I want them to all have a phoenix in their careers and come back and burn brightly forevermore. But at some point, Henderson is going to leave and I would still sell him because I'm a cold man. Uh, Nigel Henderson was good. Uh, yesterday thought he was brilliant in the first half um he set our tone because he pressed really well he got into their faces and stopped them trying to play through the middle of the field which they probably would have done onana was trying to go around and kick our players but henderson got got us on the front foot and they just they were kind of on the i might be a little bit surprised by how, how how fast we were pressing the ball maybe and we kind of got on a bit of a front foot early on um just that we couldn't finish off and then they started fouling you know tarkowski could have been booked twice in the first 25 minutes um they, they, our lads were being kicked henderson got a couple of real heavy enough kicks like like onana could have been booked for that slide in with his knees on ali he could have also been booked for kicking henderson over on the sideline tarkowski kicked a couple of the guys twice like and, and then they give out about Andy Andy Robertson kicking away the ball at the end and expect no re, no recriminations from our lads no I thought Henderson was excellent last night he set our tone and rightly so I, I actually thought he was going to be man of the match at one stage um slightly faded in the second half but his job was done we got to a point where the Everton heads were gone down and then he could he had his job done take him off give him a rest brilliant stuff yeah no he was terrific Alan what did you make of Henderson uh, well, I, I, as I said earlier on, once Wallow does make a summer, um, Henderson had a great game last night, um, but he still had, to me, I would still sell him as well, by the way, um, he still had his loop balls that we don't like, he still had some mistakes, so yes, he was fantastic in the first half, um, so I'm not saying he was bad last night, but I've always said that Henderson is great when we're winning, where was them performances when we were losing? That's my criticism of him, but last night he was fantastic. Yes, definitely. Just as a matter of interest, lads, I wouldn't mm-hmm. sell. Him. Okay, okay. I, sell him. I think he, he around the dressing room, he's a good guy to have around. Give him another year. Um, I, I just, I, I think he actually has the potential to be a coach as well. True, true. Yeah. No, I mean he is a good person to have around. Yeah. You're absolutely right. If he was yeah, happy I, I, to I like, not be yeah. in the team, then I would, I would keep him around. I think off the yeah. pit. He, he would do a lot, but he's 32 years old. In terms of stats from yesterday, um, you know, he had no shots or key passes or anything like that, but uh, you would expect that for the position he was playing. Maybe a key pass or two would have been good, but his passing accuracy was 87.5%, and that's something that I keep an eye on uh, throughout the season. And, you know, when he plays poorly, which he has done a lot, his passing accuracy goes way down to like 74, 75%. So 87.5%. Um, he may well have tried, yeah, those long and long loopy passes that give the ball away, but there was a lot less of them, a lot fewer of them yesterday. And, uh, you know, that was that was heartening. It was a very heartening performance. And, yeah, if he is happy to be, you know, on the bench or in the squad, then he can be useful. But... I agree with Alan that he, he he faded. He was good in the first half, but having 
come off on, on 79 minutes, it seemed like the right thing uh, at that time. Um, but yeah, we, we, we had loads of uh, loads of performances. Uh, Joel Matip, for example, um, looked nervy at times, but he came through the sticky patches, had 91.5% passing accuracy, which is, you know, it's very good, but you'd expect your centre-backs to be very good. But the marauding runs from Joel were very good. But I don't even want to talk about him because there's one person in the defence we haven't even mentioned yet. And you were talking about smiles on faces. And... Um, I was listening to an, a brilliant podcast called The Liverpool Way that I recommend everyone check out uh, who's watching this or listening to this. Liverpool Way, uh, the presenter, I, I don't know his name, sorry, but he, um, he he said something brilliant. He said, you know, when life gets you down, um, you can just watch something. What lots of people do is you watch something funny, you know, stick an episode of Only Fools and Horses on or stick an episode of Red Dwarf or whatever your favourite comedy is. And last night was an episode of Everton. And I thought that was very true because it was an episode of our favourite show, Everton. It was classic Everton, classic pickers. And that moment when he, he, he shoved Andy Robertson and Robertson just wet himself laughing. Alan, it was brilliant. Andy Robbo is a hero. He's a genius. That photo of him laughing at pickers is absolutely terrific. Oh, definitely. I think I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to download that and put it up on the wall somewhere. Definitely, it's just <laughs> beautiful. It's just Pickford, the guy you just love to hate. Like he's just. Oh, I don't know what I could say on live on air, but um, yeah, just Robbo is. Someone says Robbo's a a B, but he's our B, uh, and we love him. Like that's we, it's one thing we don't have in our team is a little bit of skullduggery. Robbo is it, Robbo. George, who who doesn't remember him rubbing Messi's head that time and just little things like that. And the fact that he just laughed at Pickford must be killing Pickford. <laughs> well, just I think killing the little <laughs> you can see you can see in the photo I've put on the screen that Pickford yeah. did see afterwards. He did laugh along. Cody was taking him seriously, Connor Cody yeah, yeah. <laughs> telling him to, to F off and all that stuff. Um great to have great. Doug and in, in the in the chat and Mr. Boombastic as well. He's here. Great stuff. So Doug says he's popping in before he watches PSG Bayern Munich. Yes. Big match tonight. That's very good. Uh great to have you with us, Mr. Boombastic. He said Hendo allowed Trent to roam, and it was refreshing to see Trent so high again. Absolutely. Yes, it was. And that was the thing. Hendo he had a lot more legs and you know he did allow Trent to get forward and Mr Boombastic also says he loved Nunes running over with his hood up looking to get involved the man's got spicy blood <laughs> uh, very good um, yeah that was kind of funny you know Virgil van Dijk pushing people and Nunez and, and Tzimikas as well he was there you know he was there with his ponytail getting involved in the skirmishes uh, on the side of the pitch. So that was terrific stuff. Um, it's going to be a fairly short episode moving forward. Uh, but uh, Bobby Firmino came on for the last 10 minutes. It's something that just warms the cockles of anyone's heartstrings. Bobby Firmino on the pitch in a red shirt. Beautiful stuff. Um, and Diogo Jota coming back as well. Nigel, um, how optimistic are you feeling? Yeah, I'm optimistic enough. I'm always kind of an optimist, an optimist anyway. It's just 
hearing those two songs last night and knowing, like before they came on, you could hear the songs in the background and knowing that there, you know, is just a reason for um, optimism, I think, you know, Bobby will help help Gakpo and Darwin, I think, and, and so will Jota. I think you know they all they all help one another. It's like it's like people are saying about rivalries. Remember the, the little incident between Mo and Sadio at Burnley that time, and everyone was going on, oh, they're fighting, they're going to kill one another in the dressing room, and they're all they, they don't get on. Well, I don't think so. Um, I think all our strikers are here to help one another. Um, there's there seems to be you know. There's a no, basically, I think a no asshole uh, policy in the dressing room. We sign guys who are good guys in a, in a, in a dressing room, good team men, and uh, all the lads will get on well enough. Like, they might be, like like Robbo there last night, he's going to back up his teammates, and all the guys backed him up. Simicash was over, uh, Virgil was over, uh, Darwin was over. Like, you know, they're, they're all going out to help one another, to be there for one another. So I just think... The more players we get back and the more of our lads who are, you know, stand up and be counted. I think that's what our lads have to do, basically. It's a good answer. But more specifically, Nigel, staying with you, how optimistic are you about, uh, first of all, Newcastle and then Real Madrid? We beat both of them. There you go. How's that for optimism? Oh, I love it. Very good. So Saturday, the next match, 5.30 UK kickoff, uh, away to Newcastle. They've not been great lately, you know what I mean? Like They might have a little bit of um, altitude sickness, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, very uh, good. They, they haven't been like cruising along at like a, drin- a draw with Bournemouth the weekend. Yes. You know, get out there and, and, and like these guys have money. You know, uh, suddenly the, the heads went up and the performances might have went up. But like, get out there and kick a couple of them and, and see how they like that. You know, So you're, you're there, starting you know? James Milner then? I wouldn't mind starting Henderson either. Get out there, get stuck into these guys. Like Almiron, you know, couldn't hit a barn door. Next thing, next thing they have unlimited funds and he's scoring goals left, right, and centre. The guy in the middle of the field that we had his brother, uh, we had his brother playing with us. Um, oh, what's his name? He scored a couple of goals there recently. Uh, the youth guy. I'm trying to help you. The guy I in the middle of the field for, 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 for Newcastle. Oh, he scored, he scored two goals in the League Cup. Oh, he, in the League Cup. I don't yeah, know. I'll, I'll have a look for you. His his brother, Longstaff, Sean Longstaff. Yes. Oh, you mean Louis Longstaff? Okay, yes. I didn't realise they were brothers. Yes. Okay, Sean yeah. Longstaff. Sean yes. Longstaff. Uh huh. Get up and stand on him. <laughs> Just stand there. on him. Stand on him. Run the neck. Straight down. No. Down on the neck. Now go run past. Mm, <laughs> Not happen. We've got we've got Boychetich in there. We've got Fabinho in there. We've got Henderson in there. Mm-hmm. Get in there. Let these guys know where you are. That's what we've been missing recently. Okay. A bit of fight. These guys think they're going to go out and walk all over us. Oh, we're in fourth place. We've got millions. We can do what we want. No, you can't. Well, I like it. I like it. I like that. I like the optimism. It's very good, Alan. The, the their last results they drew, as Nigel said, against Bournemouth away to Bournemouth on Saturday. Before that, they drew at home to West Ham on February the fourth. Before that, they had the semi-final victories in the EFL Cup, but that's against Southampton, so we'll discount those. And before that, they beat, uh, sorry, they drew away with Crystal Palace, nil-nil, and they beat Fulham 1-0. So, you know, that's, you know, going back all the way back to, and then they drew with Arsenal, nil-nil. That's that's going back to January the 3rd. So in chronological order, January the 3rd, Arsenal nil-nil, um, then some FA Cup, EFL Cup, forget that. 16th of January, 1-0 against Fulham. 0-0 against Crystal Palace on the 21st of January. 
1-1 with West Ham on the 4th of February and 1-1 with Bournemouth on the 11th of February. Um, they're not firing. They're not scoring loads of goals. They're not scoring more than one goal in a match. Um if you discount the cup competitions, which I'm doing. And we've got more of a chance than the league table suggests. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love uh, Nigel's optimism there, good man, Nigel. Positivity. Um, yeah, Newcastle are struggling. They did score goals. Um, I think they're higher up in, in the league than they, they probably deserve. But like, they are struggling to score goals. They're, they're hard to beat. But like with us, if you'd asked me last week, I would have said we'd be lucky to get a draw. But... Hopefully, with the positivity and the confidence after last night, we can go there and, and beat them. Like, I mean, you should. You know, if we don't follow this up now, it's 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 you have to follow up a good performance with a good performance. So yeah, we need to go there and beat them. Like like we've always said, next game, go out, win it. Next game. So I'm not looking past Newcastle or um, Madrid or any of that. Just Newcastle. Concert this game, go out, beat them. You're not dreaming of top four yet. I mean, as it is, we've got 32 points. We're nine points behind Newcastle. But if we beat them and we win our game in hand against them, then we'll be only three points behind. But you're not you're not looking that far ahead. You're just looking at a performance and a victory at St. James's Park. You're playing your strongest team, are you, Alan? You're not saving anybody for. Oh for no, no, playing the strongest team, strongest team, and win. Like, and I'd have more confidence. Like everything Nigel said, there was right about you know our Jota coming back, Bobby coming back. It's all very positive. Mm-hmm. And again, I was saying last night, if we had just bought two midfielders, now we could push on really hard. Mm-hmm. But we are only an injury or two away from disaster and midfield again. So that's where my optimism is kind of just holding me back a little bit. But hopefully now, um, as I said, next game, just go out and win it. And then next game, go out and win it. That's, that's my view of it. I like it. I like it. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly hope it goes that way. I can't, my, I can't suddenly become optimistic, even though there were plenty of reasons to smile from yesterday. Um, Google says that our win probability... It's only 34% at St. James's Park compared to 39% for Newcastle. Google has Newcastle as the favourites, but we'll see. Um, we'll see. Uh, they're, they're, yeah, as I said, they're on 41 points, but they've only won one of their last five Premier League games. It's a 5.30 kickoff, and then we've got Real Madrid on, on Tuesday. Uh, Nigel, are you playing your strongest team in against Newcastle? Yeah, yeah, I'm going out and I'm trying to do what we did against Everton, demoralise them, you know, get out there and, and, and be positive, push on, try to score a couple of goals and then try and take off a couple of players, you know, like like we did, like we did. Um, it, it's going to be tough. They're playing all right and the crowd is going to be massive up there. It'll be huge. They'll be, they're, they're, they're good fans, Newcastle, always very loud, always turn up in multitudes. Oh, they can't have 34,000 people on the pitch. Very true. That would be cheating, uh, even more than financial doping. Um, absolutely. Uh, 20,000 yeah. in the toilet like Man City. <laughs> oh, man, Man City. As an aside, Nigel, um, what do you reckon to all the uh, all Pep Guardiola having meltdowns and all this stuff? I mean, it seems like from... I haven't, I haven't watched... Pep Guardiola's uh, press conferences, but I've just read one or two things about what he's been saying. Um, is he like he seems genuinely worried? No, he should seem genuinely worried or guilty as hell. You know, I mean, they, they, they did it twice. They've got away. They've got away. Twice, with it. twice. Yeah, <laughs> they've got away with it once because they've got money and they ran 
they ran they ran the timeouts, whatever many years it was. But like he like, to try and deflect onto a thing that had absolutely nothing to do with him, and to try to try and deflect. Oh, it's 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 clutching at straws of the highest order to try and deflect from their absolute hundred percent guilt. It seems that way. Yes, I mean you know like uh, I don't know, but I wonder where you know where the buck will stop who's you know what punishments they're looking to dish out are they gonna you know get relegated is it but you know is there gonna be a, a damage a wider damage to the english game in general because i wonder who who that would benefit you know apart from the super league people like alan i don't know what you make of it because if i think about Serie A, like it was blatantly obvious from the outside that there was quite a lot of corruption going on with Juventus but then they were charged and they were relegated and you know I remember Gigi Buffon deciding to stay with the club and if that happened with Man City then I can imagine a few of their players staying with the club it's a kind of a cool thing to do is to you know go down accept the punishment or whatever but I haven't watched Serie A since <laughs> because even though I knew that it was corrupt and, you know, very largely the bath was tipped so that, you know, Juve had the majority of the water. I knew that. But after they were found guilty, it sort of damaged Serie A irreversibly for me i don't know how you feel about it alan and then i'll ask you about it as well nigel yeah I, well i'm i'm of the, the generation and the age that if you do something wrong you accept the responsibility and you take your punishment like so i i know what you mean but i suppose i would go i obviously an irish man a celtic fan and i always respected uh scottish for dropping rangers at that time with their situation where they were dropped down the league and it, it affected the Scottish League for years until the Rangers go back into the top flight. But to me to me if you don't punish them it's worse. You know, to me it's you've blatantly did did the the deed. So you take the punishment. If they don't if they don't punish them, don't at least relegate them. It's just not going to stop. It's just going to keep going and going. Next you'll have well Chelsea are already heading for a disaster. But if City get away with it again to me, it, it destroys the league. For, for me, it destroys the league. You know, we've all known for these years you can't compete with City money-wise. We've we've known about the fake companies sponsoring them. We've known about about you know, um, you know full stadium, fifty-five thousand people, and yet you can see it empty, like half empty. And it's been been hard to follow. It's hard to follow. To follow it, look at it. It's hard to look at. But now, if they don't do anything about it, when it's so blatantly obvious. To me, to, to me, this is their one chance to fix the Premier League for good, for going forward, keep it strong. But to me, if they don't do it, it would put me off the league seriously. Seriously, would. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. What about you, Nigel? What do you make of it? Well, I totally agree with what Alan said. You know, Juventus were relegated for a reason. Rangers, the club, was disbanded for a reason. And they've come back as a completely separate entity. Never mind what the name is. It's a separate entity than it used to be. Um... This needs to be sorted and sorted to such a point where it can't be done again. But the problem is the Chelsea thing, the eight-year deals, the absolutely incredible levels of spending that that, that blatantly as well uh, are, are FFP, uh, you know, against FFP, basically. It's incredible. 
Um, it's just there's got to be something done. There's got to be something. Something ha- someone has to step in. Now I'm not sure if you, on a slightly related thing. The World Club Championships next December is in Saudi Arabia. Oh, what a shock that is. Um, you know what I mean? It's We all know where this thing is going. Like, Newcastle are run by Saudi Arabians, I think. Um, yeah, uh, like, it is, it's becoming a, to a point, I don't, I've said it before, I don't watch anything like the amount of football I used to. I I, I watch I watch Liverpool and that's pretty much it. I might watch some lower division stuff, highlights or something like that to see some goals. But as far as sitting down and watching matches, I can't. I just can't. I've lost a hell of a lot of interest in watching well, the that's game. That's the thing. I mean, that's the thing with Man City. I mean, we 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 joke about it. It's been that way for years. It's like, you know, uh, but it's true. Like, the, if City win anything, it's like. Oh, you know, asterisk. like it's 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 well, there's an asterisk on it. Of course, there is because there's been so much financial doping. But yeah. the fact that you're watching it and they win, the actual feeling, the actual emotion there is like, oh, you know, that's it. It's but not like it's not like you're not even that angry because there's just some kind of inevitability of it because of the financial that, doping as and well just as no club. one cares because yeah. they're not a big club yeah. if it was a big as well as club that, there's not that much emotion even from their supporters yes in their victory support, you support either man united <laughs> or chelsea or something like that <laughs> yeah absolutely. yeah and there was one of their fans who who had uh, man united top in one half and then he changed it for a man city top for the second half i mean fair enough if that's what you want to do but he, I, I don't know what if that if that person would be allowed at anfield to change to an no, everton top at half time i mean why not i suppose uh mark forrest is uh, in the chat it's great to have you with us mark he says city will just get a slap on the hand so he's not optimistic that could exactly be the case uh but talk about talking about newcastle and liverpool and going forward um you know mark is saying that with a few games going our way and with us winning more we could really rise up some places which is uh very tantalizing as a prospect and against newcastle mark is saying we have to go out and show them who's back and i love that comment i think we're gonna wrap it up there um thank you very much uh to nigel and alan you want to you want to uh say something else yeah because i'm going to ask you yeah what things we've missed what would you like to say alan what else is there to say don't forget you on mute i was going to remind your own uh um you had it on your agenda there how nice was it to hear the fans singing the Ricky song oh man yeah i did yeah you saw it on the agenda yeah flashed yeah. up on the screen yeah the D-Book Origi song. What a guy. What a man. Absolutely. Things things that make you smile. Andy Robertson. Uh, Pickers going AWOL. Uh, Mo Salah goal. Cody Gakpo first goal. And the Divock chant. Yes, we're moving on to Newcastle. Moving on up the places. What's over? Nothing's over. Nigel, do you have anything to add? Would you like to add anything? Yeah. Thank you very much for being here. Yeah, I just like to say, I wasn't the, as I wasn't here earlier on. Uh, Stepan Bajetic, just yes. absolutely sensational. I got him magnificent get, last night. Yes. How 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 far can he go? Because we discussed Bajetic, but we didn't ask. You know where where his ceiling is. Um, well, if he's if he's learned if he stays there, 
And Thiago stays there, and I, I'm going to say this now, like Henderson and Milner stay there. This guy has limitless potential to be playing. Like I heard it on the, on a website earlier on. He said he was covering back and, and playing kind of the name Jorginho Wijnaldum was mentioned. And I'm just wondering, is this the replacement for Genie in the long run? Interesting stuff. He yeah, could well be. Get him in there, play that position, the Genie position. And then we have a little bit more money to spend on. Like We bought Genie when he was... 25, 26 and he became such an important player to us and we haven't replaced him this might be it I, I, I would I would second that I would also say this is a number 6 um, I mean we still need 3 or 4 midfielders in my opinion but uh, by Cetic yeah I think he's already there because what another thing they mentioned on LFC TV Ray Houghton and uh, um, Phil Thompson were there and they were saying that they'd heard that in one they were talking to him and, and they'd heard that he was he was like late for a couple of training sessions early on uh, at the beginning of this season and James Milner had a word and you've got to think like you know a young guy coming over from Spain maybe his timekeeping isn't isn't great you know like it's it's a very almost like a cultural thing uh, a lot of cultures like I know my mum's lived in Spain for over 20 years it, it does have it generally in the culture in Spain that it's all right if you're a bit late no worries don't stress about it but uh you know James Milner Henderson Tiago giving him the discipline him learning the technique from from Tiago and Fabinho and things I think this guy, man, he's got the composure, he's got the tenacity, he's got the technical skills. If he allies that at a young age and he develops in these crucial formative years, the sort of James Milner level of professionalism, dedication and talent, man, we've saved ourselves a packet and we've got a lot to look forward to. Um, Thanks, guys. Uh, a helicopter's just started to circle overhead for the second time this evening. I don't know if you can hear that, but I don't know who they're looking for. Uh, maybe it's me. I'll go out and, uh, you know, give myself up. Uh, thank you very much, Nigel. And thanks, Alan. It's been absolutely wonderful talking to you. Thank you to everybody watching on YouTube, listening at home or outside or in the car, whoever you are, wherever you are. Thank you so much. Thank you very, very much for getting in touch uh, from all over the world. Got a wonderful email from New Zealand uh, not long ago. So nice to have that. And um, yeah, got to go. The chopper's, the chopper's about to land. Uh, cheers, guys. See you soon. Thank you.